or go out on April Fool's Day. Oh, of course. I never do April Fool's Day. I, I don't like April Fool's. You just get up late and you'll be fine. You have to do it before midday, don't you? I think so. I really, I, I quite enjoy really obvious April Fool's. Like one time I saw an advert for a gum that was flavoured to be like fried chicken. Right. Or something like that. And it was so ridiculous that it was like, what? <laughs> the newspaper always has like an article, an April Fool's article, which isn't real, don't they? Yeah. And yeah. I think nowadays you just have to find the most normal seeming article in the paper. And that would be the joke <laughs> one. It's like April Fool's is backwards now. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, when people say that we've had uh, enough of like Boris and Trump and bombastic politics, we just want boring now. Yeah. That's what April Fool's Day should be now. Just like a morning of sober, boring. <laughs> like that one time where they said, we have no news, so here's some music. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, anyway, so, so should we say the title of the podcast then and say welcome to everybody and all that stuff? I can do it. I don't yeah, mind. Yeah, good. You're, you're better at it. You're better. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher. I am the yoga teacher. And I am the... I like saying student because I think it's funny, but... Well, I am, <laughs> I, but I mean, also... Yeah. yeah also, Students of life, anyway. <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? Also, uh, I do stand-up comedy as well, so go me. So what have you got going on this month, then? Uh, oh, God, just gigging again. But... Uh, obviously my website peterbrashcomedy.com will have all the dates if anyone wants to see me do something for 20 minutes on a club night usually I don't have any like hour shows or anything like that I'm going to the Isle of Man actually I I forgot about that I get to go to the Isle of Man yeah I've never been there before so I think I get to see the statue of the Bee Gees (laughs) are you doing anything notable in April please please be doing something more interesting than me just saying I'll just do what I do every single month (laughs) (laughs) well not too crazy in April in on my diary but um what I have done is since January I've been sending out some emails to a specific email list that I created or you know asked people to join and I've decided that they're going to be a bit they're a bit bloggy, so I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing that. I think as a proper blog, which sounds a bit weird, but it it'll be more like tips and things to help and things to share. So I find that sometimes when we post on social media, you can't say as much as you might want, or you want to maybe lay it out like steps and have like a proper little article. Mm. So it, I'm not gonna inundate people, but yeah, if you're interested in yoga stuff like that, or even mental health and general health stuff and holistic health, then that's the kind of stuff we'll cover. So keep an eye out for that. It's also on my website. If you don't want to get the email, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And I have put some free classes on my website. They're little mini taster classes. Mm. So they're 7 minutes, 16 minutes, and 30 minutes of yoga. So meditation and stuff like that as well. So if if anyone is actually interested in seeing me in action, uh, that's on my website now. Oh, cool. Go check it out. That is a thing to plug, Mm. yeah. Your website is? My name. Yeah. It is KaylaMcCormack.com. I'll put links to that in the description as well. So Yeah. And you've got free free regular online classes still every week. Not free. Three. Free free the number three. <laughs> I'm picking on you. <laughs> yeah, three, the number three <laughs> classes a week online. So keep an eye out though. It's all there on my website if you're looking for me. Right. So should I make the show starts then? I think so. <laughs> Can start taking naps, you know. <laughs> Someone told me once. I don't know if you ever tried this. So I'm not. I can't verify that this is a good thing to try. But someone okay. told me that 
what can really sort you out is if you have a coffee and then have a nap for 20 minutes then you wake up and the caffeine's kicked in and apparently you just feel normal again but i've not tried that well i do know that there are some people who have the opposite reaction to caffeine it's a way the way their body processes it so like caffeine makes them sleepy all right it's a very it's not super common but maybe that person was just on the verge of making caffeine making them sleepy and they didn't realize but they thought you know what really helps if you have a coffee then you fall asleep and then then you feel great (laughs) so does that mean that if that person drank alcohol it'd be the same as drinking coffee for most of us Oh, maybe. Maybe it's like everything's flipped. <laughs> maybe when they're on like a night out, they have to knock, the, knock back the espressos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when they're like, go and meet someone at a coffee shop, have some Sambucas instead. <laughs> maybe. Stupid. <laughs> anyway. So I was going to ask about going upside down and why that was good. Okay. And I was also going to ask you if you had ever seen a ghost. Okay, okay, I like this. Just because I think on average, Americans are more into ghosts than British people, aren't they? I think, don't you think? I don't know. I mean, I think it, it probably didn't help that when I came over, Andrew's mom was really into those ghost hunting programs. What was it called? That one with that. It was a blonde woman. Is it just ghost hunting? I don't know. I think they, they were here in England and they went around to all these old like houses and stuff in England and they had all these like night cameras and they obviously got, I mean, the floorboard would creak and then they go, oh, Do you hear that? Did you hear that? So I kind of got the impression that everybody here was ghost crazy too, but well, maybe that was just. <laughs> we, we would have older buildings, wouldn't we? I guess, you know, Tower of London mm. and stuff supposed to be haunted. And Have you, have you seen a, a no, ghost? No, I haven't done. I worked in hospitals, though, and then staff members would say that they'd seen things. Really? So I thought, well, you know, it's all well and good, isn't it, when you haven't seen one or had a weird sort of experience like that to say that people have just invented it and it's all a psychological trick and all that stuff. Yeah, it's a bit much, isn't it, just to poo-poo it like that when so many people have had experiences. I usually think there's some sort of scientific explanation for things, but uh, so I didn't want to dismiss people that seemed, you know, because sometimes there are people that you don't expect to have had sort of experiences, have sort of had like one thing be a bit weird and stuff. I mean, I think like you can compound the problem. Like if you if you really, truly believe it and then you're, you think you're experiencing something, like you can make it worse for yourself. Like if you're scared, for instance, you know, if you're actually scared, then like, yeah, you're going to be at the point where you're like, oh, I think I just saw something. And then that, you know, the floorboard creaking because the house is cold or warm is mm. going to make you jump, you know, so potentially you can make it make the experience feel more scary by being like hyper alert, if you will, because you thought you saw something, you know, things like that. Because I know like, so when we moved from Maryland to South Carolina, we moved straight into this, what's it called? Tri-level house. That house was horrible. So um, it was fine in terms of a house. But honestly, just the weirdest things used to happen all the time. Like radios would just turn on, things would just fall and in the end, it was just like, oh, my God, we basically talked ourselves into the fact that we were living in a haunted house. <laughs> and so we were constantly scared all the time. Mm. <laughs> um, we lived there for about, oh, probably not even six months. I would have been about 10. And we just used to all end up sleeping in bunk beds in the same room because we just couldn't, couldn't sleep alone. <laughs> Everything would scare us. Because we decided the house was haunted. And my parents weren't overly pushy about trying to say, no, it's not, don't be ridiculous, you know, stuff like that. I think they were a bit like, oh, maybe, I don't know. You know, they were just kind of a bit loose about it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so then that didn't help. And my grandma didn't help because my grandma lived with us at the time as well. And she kept saying she kept seeing this woman in a white dress. So that didn't help. No. <laughs> my 10-year-old mind, you know. So yeah, that's about my extent of experience with ghosts is that is that house. Probably just had electrical problems or something. <laughs> I don't know, you can rationalise it afterwards, I suppose, but that could be just like trying to explain away things that maybe were weird. And because um, and yeah. you're not there now, it's like you've got yeah, the distance exactly. to be able to say that and go, oh, it was probably all bunk. But yeah, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, so. I wouldn't straight up say like 100% yes, I believe in ghosts and, and they're all mm. around us all the time. But, you know, I do think like you're saying, there's just strange things and... I don't know, maybe there was a giant stone under the ground that was a magnet. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it could be, yeah. up. <laughs> Ley lines or something. Like, yeah, 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 the idea of ley lines and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So Who knows? Who knows? Oh, I do think oh, it's so, so stupid. Whenever I stay in a new house, I do. Like, There's always part of me thinking, oh, I wonder if... Because I'd be so annoyed to buy a haunted house. Oh. You're not going to mention it on your right move <laughs> profile, are you? Like you'd be like, "Oh, my, the house is great, super cozy, really warm, no damp, no issues," but it does have a ghost, a little old lady who's really mean. <laughs> I don't sit strongly on the it's a load of bollocks side because. I feel maybe I'm a bit too emotional about it to go straight into those complete bollocks. Maybe it's a nice idea to think that maybe there's some energy release when we die and we don't die or something like that. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be... Are they sort of supposed to be shadows almost of things that were there? So they might not be conscious beings of people. Yeah, oh, actually, that reminds me of another experience I had. So this one's a little bit more could be just a nervous system related that the problem I didn't realize I had you know but basically when I went to Edinburgh uh, with my aunt we went to is it St. Mary's Close you know the one that's underground and it's like how they used to live during the plague and stuff like that so it's like old Edinburgh and it's all underground it's all original it's all what it actually was like they just paved the road over top of it (laughs) So then you have to go into a building and then down and then it's like these warrens under the road that you can kind of walk through and they turned into a bit of a museum. So you walk through with a guide and they have all these original things as well in there, like old beds and stuff, like real beds, not just like replicas. And so it's a bit like, ooh, you know, it's kind of creepy and you're underground. So you're 100% like you're not outside. So we started walking through all these things and I was like, yeah, this is a bit weird. And they did give a warning at the beginning, you know, you you, you can't be claustrophobic and go on this tour. Um, so I was like, I'm not claustrophobic. I'm fine with elevators and stuff. It's no problem. But down there at one point, we went into one room, just one room, not all the rooms, just one room. She was talking about the two people who died in there from the plague. And, and I, was, I was stood there and I was just like, I'm sweating from head to toe. Like, I could not, I thought my heart was beating 100 miles an hour, sweating from head to toe. I genuinely thought, I'm going to pass out. (laughs) And I've never had anything like that before, and I've never had anything like that since. And when I told Andrew's mom about it, she just, because obviously she's quite into her spiritualism and things like that, she said that I was picking up the the energies in the room, like the Mm -hmm. negative energies of all the death and all the things, all the horrible things that happened in there. And, And that was affecting me. It wasn't necessarily like there was a ghost. It was more like... Just that, like you were saying, maybe like the leftover energy of all the the things that had happened, and I was like, well, I don't know what it was, but I just wanted to get the hell out <laughs> yeah, of there. Yeah. I actually sat down. I was the only person that sat down, and I and the um and the tour guide looked at me, and I was just like, I don't know what to do. She said, Don't come in if you're claustrophobic, and I didn't think I was claustrophobic, but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> 
But then once we left that room, I was fine. Like mm. I started breathing properly again and stuff. So yeah, it was interesting. So that's, yeah, maybe that's an experience. Well, I know people have seen things in, they've got like, what, crypts or something in Edinburgh, and they? They're mm. so old. I know people that have seen things in there and they don't seem to be explained. That they're not like, it mm. wasn't an actor hired as a ghost to jump out at someone like yeah it's a bit more yeah who knows but i also think that if you become a ghost when you die i thought would that be quite nice to some some degree to sort of feel like you could just like float about and whatever but Mm. what happens when the world blows up in a couple of yeah it's also a bit like is that a nice idea what do you do then (laughs) and you just float into space or something i prefer the idea of more just like kind of like residual energies are lingering and then when you you know from things that have happened or whatever and possibly like a smell when you die yeah <laughs> like a smell <laughs> i'm haunted by a smell <laughs> yeah exactly like it's just kind of like a lingering kind of thing rather than an entity with a consciousness with a you know all this when you see ghost stories and stuff in films it's always like people with unfinished business and trauma and yeah. that sort of thing i don't know if I've also heard the the theory that ghosts aren't the people. They're like what they needed to leave behind. Mm. And then the people have moved on. And then the ghosts are the things they had to let go of. So almost like a split personality idea, you know, that's like an imprint. So that's why you might get like a repetitive ghost, you know, one that like, I don't know, climbs the stairs every night at midnight or something like that. Because it's not them. It's like what they had to let go of to move on. So I thought that was a pretty interesting Well, so is that's, that's a little bit like having cognitive behavioural therapy then, in some ways, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like a load of OCD ghosts now that have to do, that, mm-hmm. that ghost has to do the number of stairs that, you know. That he did before that accident happened. Yeah, I just have to do it over and over again. <laughs> and I'll just check the door again. Hold on. That almost sort of makes uh, sense in some Yeah. You know, some some pleasant kind of way kind of sounds all right, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they don't have to worry about the sun exploding and engulfing them because they're just imprints anyway. Where's the other bit go? Oh, heaven, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. If you if that's the idea, or moves on, whatever to the beyond, you know. Uh, I'm reading um, Tom is. Holland's book about Christianity at the moment. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, great, really interesting. What like history of Christianity or just? Basically, okay. the history of it and how it influences Western thought and stuff. He just like he thinks everything comes from Christianity, everything. Yeah. and uh, yeah. it's probably very true. But just like when when sort of like certain Christian laws just get introduced, but like a thousand years after Christ died and stuff like that, I just didn't think of oh, so that isn't in the original sort of. How does the Bible get made up? Who decided when those books were like? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I did a bit of that studying a little while ago, not ages ago, but a little bit, and it is interesting. Because there are other Bible books that aren't in the Bible. And it's kind of like, shouldn't they be in there too? Because <laughs> there's four Gospels, but I think there were more. And some of them were a bit weirder. And they were just like, oh. Because mm. um. which one is it that you can buy? You can just buy it on its own. The Gospel of someone else that isn't in the Bible. All right. I'm trying to think of who's missing. And I just keep thinking of Bible books now. <laughs> which doesn't help. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. This is like, I don't know, it's the stuff I didn't think of. Like apparently, there's no, obviously, this is like goes way, way back, but just like, I didn't, you know, when the when Moses and the rest of the Jews are stuck in, in Egypt and he's like, mm. you know, they send all the plagues and all that stuff and then they escape and stuff. There's no record in any of the Egyptian archives of that happening at all. Oh. 
Oh. It's just in the Jewish record. It's where you think they were like yeah. the Egyptians who recorded a load of stuff. There's just absolutely no mention of... It seems a bit odd, doesn't it? It does seem a bit odd. I wonder if they didn't mention it because they were embarrassed. Yeah, okay, could be. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, just like plain old selfish reasons. Don't mention that. A bit like yeah. how we try not to mention <laughs> slavery and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Days. Or if it were just, you know, there was some other kind of more cynical reason, like it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. It's, it's sort of almost connected to ghosts in a way, but there's so many, like, stories in of people that became saints that, like, you know, perform miracles and got visited by, you know, just so many of those things. So are there saints in both Church of England and Catholic? I'm Church of England raised, so... Uh, mm. most of our churches still say saint in them. Mm. Maybe the the saint is specifically chosen. Yeah. St. Paul or St. Peter would be like, well, they're like the pillars of the whole thing, aren't they? But maybe yeah. specific yeah. other saints that... Because there seems to be a lot of saints, isn't there? There's bloody isn't loads, loads of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't pray to saints, do you, if you're a Church of England or... Um. Okay. But you do if you're Catholic, don't you? Because you pray to... Yeah. The, like, if you've lost something, there's a patron saint of, like, lost things. Lost stuff. We talked about it before, didn't we? Because they just get these ridiculous yeah. workloads. <laughs> and you can tell the ones that, like, know what they're doing get loads of really tough assignments, whereas they have, like, patron saints for, like, chess and stuff. He must be pretty, pretty chill. <laughs> yeah. Or useless. You've been demoted. Yeah, yeah. The pages that have lost stuff must be super busy, though, like you say. Yeah. Where did I put my glasses? Oh, please, where did I put my glasses? They're on your head. You know, like, when people, um, like, bring IT people and the cliched line is, have you tried turning it off and then on again? I bet that... It, yeah, yeah. That that would just be like, where was the last place you remember having it? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the equivalent of that, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, here's a question for you. Have you read the Jesus Papers? No. That's good. I'd read that. That's okay. good. Write it down. Because the guy who uh, wrote the Da Vinci Code oh, yeah. worked as an archaeologist with the guy who wrote the Jesus Papers. And the guy who wrote the Jesus Papers told the guy who wrote the Da Vinci Code, you're full of crap. You can't write that. That's not that's not truth, you know. But he wrote it anyway. Obviously, bestseller. People love a good story. But the guy who wrote the Jesus Papers wrote the truth behind like what their what their archaeology was finding so it's a really interesting compilation like finding the papers that they found these old urns and things like that so it is it is more factual uh than the other ones but he does kind of poke a few times at uh, the da vinci code which was quite amusing well dan brown was even whether he, <laughs> so. put it, he i don't i'm sure he can't believe this Maybe he does, but he was saying that everything in the Da Vinci Code was true, wasn't he, when it came out? Yes. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He 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 admits to believing it, but the man he was working with was saying like you were just jumping to conclusions. Yeah. You're well, not, it's there's bit, no proof well, it's of half plagiarised so. anyway from another book called The Holy Blood and the Holy Grail, which came out in the eighties, which is a famous book right. about the same sort of thing about Jesus moving to France with Mary and having a lineage and stuff <laughs> and having a baby. <laughs> Living on a farm. <laughs> that has actually been mentioned by Tom Holland because it's because um, a lot of the original documents are like forgeries and stuff and things that have, people have created for their own political gains and there's something to do with the, yeah. the Cathars. And also, if you were if you were like a farmer and you said you found some old things and you got a few million for it, you'd be pretty happy. I'd I'd, I'd try that yeah. scam. <laughs> 
But he, but the Jesus papers talks about as well about like how they compiled the Bible and what they decided was going to go in and what wasn't going to go in and stuff like that, you know, which is what you were saying about. Apart from, you, you can think of the Gospels as a historical documents, can't you, really? Because they mm. are, you know, they are not exactly contemporary, but they're like only decades after Jesus died that they were actually compiled and yeah. written. So the thing is we forget that maybe there was more of an oral tradition back then where people did tell stories mm-hmm. through rather than having it written down, which we're more used to. So, And then obviously all the letters, uh, the St. Paul's letters and um, all mm. the acts and stuff, well, they're actually the actual letters that he written to the corinthians and blah 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 blah. so they're all like but i don't know about all the other i can't we, we probably never really studied the other stuff like revelations Re- revelations is a great is a great one for people to to debate over because obviously it talks about the end of the world um mm. and in in it uh you know they say silly things like uh you know the four horsemen of the apocalypse and this coming in and this coming in and then people like to nitpick and they go well this word is the word for basket and this is this yeah. word and when you translate it like this it means rock rocket ship and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great it's so it's so that, def- like, that was what? definitely trump that that <laughs> yeah. i remember yeah. nostradamus has loads of predictions isn't he that people sort of like say oh well actually that because i remember when 9 11 happened they had like a nostradamus packet a passage where he says something about two twin brothers fall down on when the millennium happens or something and it was like, it was like yeah. well yeah that could really mean but then i mean when you've predicted the end of the world more than once I think that's when. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's when you know something's <laughs> not quite right. And there's isn't there like a famous like Baptist minister in America that predicts it every few years and sort of like oh, yeah, I forgot <laughs> to carry surprised. forgot to carry the one. <laughs> you know? No, right, of course, of course. Fool me once, you know that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like once I've sold all my possessions and stuff, like twice, I'm gonna feel really stupid, you know, like. <laughs> So, can I ask you what being upside down is good for, then? Yeah, sure. So, I was just, as a bit of context there, so most yoga classes, towards the end, you make us go mm. upside down. Yes. Force us, like, quite harshly and say, <laughs> this is... Get upside down or you're, right Or you're now. not leaving. <laughs> so, what's the rationale? So, it's kind of obvious, but when you go upside down, like, your your blood is reversed, so that's really good for you to allow the blood to flow back down. You kind of think like, why would that be good? You know, because surely your heart's doing it. But if you take a more relaxed one, then you can get that blood to come back down to the heart and to the lungs and things without the heart having to pump extra hard to bring it back up. Another improvement is, or like a, another thing that it, that can happen is, is if the leg muscles, basically your calves, they're, they're kind of called your second heart. So your calves have to be strong enough to push the blood back up into the body. It's helped by the calves. So if we don't let, if we go upside down, we don't have to have the calves extra strong or extra healthy to be able to pull that blood back into the organs area. So that's, that's the circulation aspect is really important. So going upside down has a lot of benefits for your circulation, kind of bringing the blood out of the feet, putting fresh blood back there when you lay back down again, you know, things like that. Some people say that it helps the lymph system. Your lymph system is very similar to your circulatory system. So it's fluid and uh, tubes around the body. But your lymph system doesn't obviously doesn't have a heart. So there's no pump that moves that fluid around. But the lymph system is also only one way. So that's why it's a bit like, 
it's not quite the same. There's all, there's valves in the lymph system. So when when the fl- when the fluid goes through, it doesn't actually go back the same way. But any movement that you do helps move that lymph fluid around the body. So being upside down will help move that fluid around. But it's not necessarily like literally coming right back down the way it it went to like a blood like your blood would. But having that fluid is movement is really good because your lymph system governs your immunity and all of that. So you need to keep that stuff moving around. Depending on what you're doing, it can relax you. So the idea of slowing down the heart rate can also kind of stimulate your relaxing nervous system so that you can slow the heart rate down and then you kind of calm down a little bit and you start to find that kind of resting heart rate again. And then from like a, if it's not easy, so assuming you're taking like a harder inversion and something that's a little bit more difficult, you're going to build strength, obviously in your arms and your upper body and things like that. Okay, like, like, say, if you're doing, yeah. yeah, like if you're doing a headstand or crane or crow, those are, even though they're small little shapes, they are upside down. You know, you are pretty upside down in them. Uh, you tend not to hold them very long. Uh, if you're doing like a, uh, some, like a handstand against a wall or something like that, even if you're using supports, if you're upside down, you're going to be building some strength. Um, if it's a harder pose and it will boost your energy if it's a harder pose. So how, being upside down will bring more blood to the head. And it will give you a little bit more alertness. So that's not to say you can't, you can be alert and be calm at the same time. Sometimes we think that when we're alert, we're extra hyper or something, but we can be both. (laughs) You know, you can be pretty alert, pretty awake and stuff, but still be pretty calm and have a nice slow heart rate. But obviously, if it's a hard one, it's going to increase your heart rate. And then in that way, you could become more awake and more alert because your blood's pumping and you're a bit like, you know, deep breaths. (laughs) So overall... I think that covers most of it. Lymph system, circulatory system, strength, nervous system. <laughs> so is it just good to be sort of somewhat upside down every so often, just even if you're not doing a class? I would say so, yeah. I would say it's a good way to rest if you want to like lay on the floor and put your legs on the seat of a chair or a couch or something like that. Did you tell me that helped digestion at all? Did I imagine that? Yeah, so it comes back to the idea of the nervous system. So if you can calm yourself down, by going slightly inverted, that can help digestion. But I wouldn't go upside down if you're full of food. Kind of obvious, yeah, yeah, yeah. but is likely to cause some indigestion. The other thing is, is I know if you tend to hold liquid in the calves, so that sometimes happens when we start to get a bit older, then having your feet up above the heart for 30 minutes will pull all that liquid out and back to the bladder where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So that can be very helpful if you end up having to get up in the night to go to the loo and you hadn't obviously just drank three cups of tea before you went to bed or something like that. (laughs) Then, you know, sitting for a little bit with the feet up can help get that out of the legs so that you can go to the loo before and then not have to wake up in the night. So when you're an older person, you should have like a raised foot maybe when you're in bed. Yeah, if if you actually go to the doctor for nighttime urination or whatever it's called, that is what they will they will advise. They will say you need before you go to bed, you need to put your feet up within the hour before you go to bed. You need to put your feet up above your heart for thirty minutes. It's only about a foot. It doesn't have to be up very high. You lay flat. You put your feet on a little table or something. But then then all the fluid will come out. Like because we come back to the idea that your calves are your second heart. Right. So if you're not if your calves aren't getting the movement and the strength and the stuff that they need, you know, like the toe lifts and things, then they're not pumping that back out of the legs. It's going to settle into that area. And it's probably not enough that you think, oh, my calves are swollen. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, look at my ankles. You know, it's not like that. It'll just be if you were to test, you would see it was there. But you might not notice if you weren't really paying attention. They're not going to be like balloons or anything. <laughs> 
So. I mean, that doesn't sound yeah. actually as crazy to me as because um, almost trying to imagine what the calf looks like compared to like it does kind of half look like a heart in some ways, isn't it? It does. So muscle-wise, yeah, yeah, it's not a stretch of the imagination to think that it is really a really important muscle to keep strong. The the calf definitely, mm. and that's why walking is good. That's why when people say, "I wish I do," just go for a walk because when you're moving your foot, you are moving the calf you know so just moving around is enough but obviously sometimes things have a bit of a knock-on effect so if you have a problem with getting up in the night on a regular basis you're not going to feel like walking because you're going to be too tired you know and then it kind of has a little spiral effect or whatever so finding a gentle way to come out of that and give yourself more energy so that you can build up to to doing stuff again or something but yeah inversions aren't bad they're pretty good for you the main thing is obviously never hold them if you feel bad. Yeah. So only hold for as long as you want. You're literally talking less than 60 seconds. There's nothing necessarily wrong with holding that longer than that. You know, a couple minutes, five minutes, something like that. But obviously, we know that going upside down for a very long time would be very bad for you. So. Well, speaking of that, and linking it back to the previous topic, that's how uh, yeah. St. Peter was crucified upside down, wasn't he? So, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So. Isn't that awful? What a horrible thing to do. But for a couple of minutes, it's hard. And uh, Carl's are doing good work, but... <laughs> <laughs> For a few minutes, he was very, very fit. And then he wasn't fit. <laughs> yeah, we all know that if you hang yourself upside down, that is a bad idea. Because you cannot... Your, your body you needs gravity. Yeah. Which is why being in space is very bad for you. One of the reasons why being in space. Oh, is you, and, you and being in space. You did sit against it. <sighs> you, won't, I won't, you won't get me in space. I hate it. I hate it. It's a horrible thing. I don't know why people do it to themselves. It's like they never got the warning. Warning, did you know? This will probably destroy your body. <laughs> yeah, wow. You've got to think that that's a trade-off, isn't it? Going into space is not something that everybody gets to do. So. Yeah. I just hope they get well compensated. Well, yeah, but if it's if it's rich tourists, they probably will. So. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Fair enough. If it's, I meant more like the people that are up there working, the scientists oh, right. and stuff. <laughs> But yeah, rich tourists, they I don't care about them. They can they're just dumb. So right. Surely someone that makes a load of money can't be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Instagram begs to differ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, well I don't know if that's enough information on being upside. But you've got to No, I thought that was you've all right. got to you can't just go straight from upside down to just like getting up and wandering about those. Oh, it? yes. So that is something that I see a lot in classes with new people who aren't used to being upside down. They'll have their legs up in an L shape and then you say, right, bring your legs down and they will swing right up to seated. Like literally, they just roll the legs down and rock straight up to seated. That is a good way to get yourself uh, super dizzy or even pass out. So don't do that. <laughs> It's very rare that you pass out, really, but it's that kind of drop in uh, pressure is not good. You want to go slow, so you take yourself down slowly and controlled, and then you want to lie flat for a good three breaths and just notice how you feel. So a good way to remind yourself is if you still feel like all the blood is in your head, then stay lying down. If you, Some days it might come out really quickly, you feel absolutely fine, back to normal in just a few seconds, then that's fine, you can sit up, but always do that check. It's like they're really excited little kids or something, and they're like, woohoo, I was upside down. Yeah, but it's fun to like, swing oh. up, isn't it? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. They're like really excited. They're like, look at me, I went upside down, and I'm 30 years old. It's like, I know, but you're also 30 years old, so lay back down. <laughs> yeah, 30's, not, 30's not old. No, I know, but I mean, 
Do you know many 30-year-olds that are rolling around on the floor? Other than us? Me, yeah. <laughs> anyway, should we stop it there? Better go, because I should... Uh, I was going to have a boiled egg. Okay. Well, actually, you're going to have a poached egg on a crumpet. Oh, well, I suppose it's kind of like a boiled. It's just cracked and then boiled, right? Yeah, poached. it is pretty much, yeah. So I find it easier to do poached eggs and boiled eggs because I can't time a boiled egg because... Every egg's a different size, and so you can never quite get it quite right where it's like runny yep. enough in the middle and stuff. So a poached egg, you can sort of tell because you kind of look at how set it is and stuff, and and it's much quicker. So yeah, yeah, right. What a pearl okay. of wisdom that is. That's definitely going in. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Should I say thanks for listening? Yeah, you can do the thank I'll you. Just, I'll say thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for listening. Does that sound sincere? Or does that just like, I rushed that off, didn't I? Just like, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> bye now. Yeah, bye. Thank you. No, that's good. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. Get in touch.